Super Talk Mississippi media production. Sign up for a six-month bottled water contract for your home or office today and get your first five-gallon bottle free. Visit watertomydoor.com and use code DRINKITIN at checkout. Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling sort of like a seven-layer avocado taco dip today. I have on all my clothes. <laughs> It's really cold where I am here in the middle of Zone 8. It's 24 degrees today. And guess what? Ice all over my truck. I'm not going to whine, though, because the wind wasn't blowing, so it wasn't as bad as it could have been. (laughs) Welcome into Weekend Gardening. It is my great pleasure to be able to tell you all of that because I have the opportunity to get up on Saturday mornings and come to the wonderful Super Talk Mississippi studios and be here with you now. You might be listening on a rebroadcast. You might have downloaded this from the um, on-demand at supertalk.fm, or, you know, you might be listening to the podcast. Whatever your method, thank you very much. This is your mama, and guess what? Your mama's going to tell you what's what. In the case of our world, gardening's a little bit on the rough side today, but there are things to be done and things to be considered, but that's why we talk about it. If you've got a gardening question, a who, a what, a when, a where, a why, or maybe even a wherefore, this is the place to be. The Super Talk call line is 888-808-8637, and the C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. There's, there's a... There, there, there's a, a lot of cold jokes to be had, and I appreciate hearing them all on the text line. Thank you very much. Good morning, Greg. That's fun. <laughs> yes, indeed. I tell you what, in, in my case, I have cats that don't like to stay indoors in the morning. And this morning, they were all sitting on the back of the couch looking outdoors, but none of them made a move for the door when I left. <laughs> it's a little too chilly even for them. Now, the good news is, because we live in the Deep South we are not we are not in the throes of the worst of all of this. If you look at anybody's radar from the northeast, you say thank you, goodbye. You know, I'm not going up there today. And in fact, we're about to move into another period of time where I think that at least the days will be warmer, the nights are still going to be chilly. It's kind of like winter, just a regular sort of wintry week. But that gives us a lot of time to do things in the garden and for the garden. So let's talk about it today. Perhaps the uh, top story of the week that I should bring to you today comes from our friends at Cornell University, you know, the home of the great backyard bird count and many, many other ornithological wonders. Yes, I know. I know the Audubon folks have a big part to do with that. I get that. But from the Journal of Experimental Biology, we now know more about hummingbirds and why we should all aspire to be like them, if not make them our spirit bird. Hummingbirds lower their body temperature and their metabolism drastically by dropping into torpor at night. Now, if you don't know the word torpor, 
That's exactly what it means. A lowered body temperature and a drastically reduced metabolism. A torpor is a fugue state. If you don't know fugue, you know torpor now. They're both indicative. They're, they're, they're what you can see when you see someone who is truly lost in thought and doesn't actually seem to be thinking. They're just out there. And sometimes that's a wonderful space. In the case of the hummingbirds and for sleep and for regeneration of their energies for the next day, it's perfect. Multiple universities are now finding that there's more than one level of torpor. This is something that they've studied for a long time, and now the transition levels are also being defined. Fortunately, this ability to fine-tune their thermostats, or actually their thermoregulation capacity, but to me it's their thermostat, um, you could see that that was possible. But the reason I bring this to you is because creatures adapt in ways that make sense for them. I am not, I'm sorry if I offend anybody, I'm not a big fan of iguanas and the idea of them being so susceptible to cold temperatures that they actually fall out of trees because their torpor is so intense. I I think they probably should have figured that out, you know, or some other, I don't know, there seems like they would have evolved some other mechanism by now, but it is exciting when it happens and that's why they don't live here. Because they would spend more time, I mean, outdoors. I know people have them for pets, but they, they don't live outdoors here like they do in Florida and other in tropical places. But this whole business, um, it, they, they, they want you to know in, indeed to see that the hummingbirds were not taken out into nature. This was all done in the laboratory so that they could, they didn't kill any hummingbirds, in other words. But they took the, the birds and let them get to the depth of their torpor and also to the variations and the flexibility of it, which, of course, goes directly to teaching us more about how all creatures, including humans, sleep and don't. We have a lot of people that don't sleep in in the restorative way that they should. Um, The smallest bird in this particular study used the deepest torpor every single night. In other words, needed really to restore all that energy a lot, needed to just check out for those few hours, all right? And indeed, the bigger birds, sometimes shallow, sometimes deep, sometimes none at all. I think there's a lot we can learn in this, and that is that our adaptability is different at different ages in our life and perhaps even different sizes of people in some cases. But because they studied three different different hummingbirds there in Arizona, they were really able to measure the temperature very, very precisely. And the differences in heat generation at various stages of this torpor are, are just amazing. Um, I love, love, love. That I really do like that they didn't study just one, you know, Rufus hummingbird. They studied the blue-throated mountain gem, the Rivoli's hummingbird, and the black chin. If you've never seen those, you should look them up. They're beautiful birds. Um, that part of the world has – hummingbirds are wonderful anyway, but that part of the world has particularly beautiful ones. Um, Greg says he has, in fact, been in snowstorms that were warmer than this. This this is very true. I have, too, um, because it, it doesn't take – usually the snow stops by 24 degrees. <laughs> For whatever it is where you are, Craig, it must probably colder than that. <laughs> Brian's in Tupelo. Um, oh, good morning. Listening from Fulton. Hi, how are you? P- 
plant in the spring garden on the computer spreadsheet. Love it. That's a perfect thing to be doing today. A lot of folks, of course, find this the time when they cannot get past the seed catalogs that have piled up or the tabs that you have marked in your browser because you know you want to go back to Renee's Garden Seeds, for example. You know you want to go to the, the to Johnny's. You know you want to go to um, all of our heirloom friends just to see what's there, even if you're not going to buy it or go. It's just a way to spend a few hours catching up with what's happening in the gardening world it makes a lot a lot of sense um let's see sissy wants to know thank you sissy she needs sissy i need focus i need to believe me i've been staring at stuff going should i do this or should i do that or should i do nothing and that's really the question what should we be doing um pruning roses not for a couple of more weeks we'll be pruning roses in mid-february and frozen angel trumpets you can always cut down the frozen stuff if if it is I always say if it's pleasant enough to be out there, sure, go ahead, take it to the compost heap, and and it'll it's happy to be there. Um, it also, frankly, improves the view. Right now, I have big elephant ear leaves sort of uh, covering the side yard of my house because they all collapsed at once. And that's as soon as it's warm enough for me to be out there, I'll go out there and take those off. Now, you know, my my study of this is put on a glove. And take your hand and pull gently on that stalk. I don't care whether it's a, 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 a big old elephant ear like I'm doing or a canna or something else that has frozen that you know is perennial and is going to come back. If it's a shrub, leave it alone. But if it's a perennial and you know it's going to come back and it's frozen, this is a good time to do that sort of work. But if it doesn't easily remove itself, you can cut that part off don't cut down into the crown however don't cut to ground level cut right above it we're, we're not trying to uh, we're, we're, what we're trying to do is to keep if there's another deep freeze we want there to be something else to freeze without there being damage to the crown below so after i cut it back then mulch over the top of it it's a perfect way to, to take care of get some little exercise outside and take care of some things that do need to be done I hope that you're having a chance to see witch hazel and forsythia. They're some of the very earliest of the flowering shrubs. I I noticed that uh, my flowering quince, which is also an early one, has quite a few buds on it that are trying to open. I hope they didn't get frozen, but if they did, there'll be more. It's okay. I, I really like witch hazel, hamamalis. I think it's one of the prettiest shrubs that we don't grow enough of for that winter interest. So if you have the opportunity to do that, they're usually yellow flowers that are kind of um, thin-petaled, and they radiate from a small center, so that it's it's very pretty there. Um, I, I like the the dark brown center of it and then then the fringe around it, which is the petals. They're very, very nice. The other one, Vernalis, um, the, the witch hazel Vernalis, which is the native to this part of the world, actually has better fall color. So if you're interested in both seasons, search that one out. I was impressed by some work that's been done and that the Wildlife Conservation Society is reporting on, um, talking about using lighted nets i'm one of those people that really believes led lights have sort of changed everything and i'm not it's not that i'm opposed to incandescent every now and then i need that warmth but most of the time i'm not interested in it it's too expensive to use and it also gives us way too much heat in most circumstances i've always thought it was 
one of the wiser moves in large facilities, of course, was to fluorescent lights years ago because they were cooler, because what you were basically doing when you light with incandescence and then you try to air condition somewhere is you're fighting with yourself. So there's no reason for that. But incandescents certainly have their place. However, now that we can light nets with LED illumination, this really is amazing because it is helping to reduce the bycatch. That is to say the unintended harvest of fishes, sharks, and skates in this particular case. So it's a win-win for the commercial fisheries, but also for the wildlife. Using these lighted nets really does reduce it. You don't get the unwanted fish. You don't get the turtles. You don't get the rays. And I I think that that's very, very important, of course, um, because just as it is to make sure you're getting what you're getting, you know, you don't want to be pulling up everything out of the yard. You want to be harvesting vegetables. You don't want to be pulling everything up out of the ocean either. You want to be harvesting what you're trying to harvest. Andrea and Madison, you know, this is a good question. I was staring at my Vitex yesterday. She's um, asking about how to prune it properly. I have already taken some of the overgrowth out of it. I did that last fall at the at the first blush of cold weather. It has not grown back, so I think my timing was good. The problem with Vitex, like with any flowering tree like that that is a, a sort of a marginal performer, some just a, maybe in Macomb, for example, just a little south of where I am, you have this experience probably with bottle brush. It 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 needs to be pruned, but it doesn't ever offer you an opportunity really to prune it, and then one day it just looks awful. <laughs> so that's Vitex will do that to you too, um, Ag- Agnes Castus or whatever other name you want to call it. I'm really fond of. The, the practice that I learned from somebody who grew the prettiest one that I saw, although I haven't really, it doesn't work as well for me. But I do want to take off the old flowers and treat it almost like a crepe myrtle. I'm going to take it down to a slight, take each branch down to not quite thumb thickness because then I'll have the flowers where I can see them, which also, of course, because this is a huge pollinator plant, creates the most beautiful hum and buzz. But I'm going to take off the flowers of the smaller stems and then the bigger stems I'm going to take the flowers off, but I'm also going to trim the stems back just a little bit. I took out the overgrowth because they are they are famous for particularly if there's any fertilizer in the bed at all, they'll they'll just begin proliferating and become a big sort of a columnar blob. And I would really rather look at the tree form because it's nice. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I won't do it today, but, yeah, I want to do it while the tree is dormant, certainly. Good morning, Red Bay, Alabama. Thank you very much. Appreciate you letting getting in touch. Um, and I, I'm not paying attention. It's not that I'm a snoop. Well, I am. But uh, when I read your text from your writing to other hosts and other programs here, I just have to say I'm so happy that you know that Lindsey Buckingham's um, singing is that in the in, in National Lampoon's Vacation. Because if you listen to this show, you know that Holiday Road is about my favorite holiday song anyway. So. <laughs> and, yeah, long-time crush on Lindsey Buckingham, I have to admit. I have to admit. All righty. When it's cold weather, Missy in Oxford says that her cats will sit at the door like they want to go out, but when you open it, they move. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) They'll just shift over a little bit. Oh, goodness, that's fun. You are so right. Um, If it's too cold right now today to do much of anything, as everybody is weighing in to say, but if you are going to transplant trees or shrubs, Sometime this month is really the best time for that. We we generally say between November and February, 
but this is probably going to be the coldest that we we get and that's a good time to do that work transplanting is always better done when the top of the plant is not going to be encouraged to bust out in new green leaves right away and that's when usually when they're dormant so anyway that's wonderful i love the i wonder what computer program you're using tell me tell me brian what computer program are you using it'd be interesting to find out there are a lot of really good design programs um i don't I think it all comes down when you're trying to decide what you're going to do, whether it's a flower bed or a cut flower operation or a vegetable patch or, you know, you're going to grow vegetables for the market. Any of those things, the first thing to know is what are you going to do with it and what do you what do you want to eat in the case of the vegetables? So, in other words, um, I'm one of those people that just loves to try a different tomato. But I still want to grow my other favorite tomatoes. If I do that, I'm going to end up with 15 tomato plants. Do you, do you have any idea how much trouble that is? <laughs> and also, there's not that many people around to eat them that, you know, anyway. It's just funny when we think about all that, what we're going to do. I once, I have literally still have too many onions. But I think this year, this is going to be the spring of the lettuce for me because I've got so many little plants started that I, I just have to try it. You know, <laughs> just have to try it. Oh, yes, indeed. Kittens, babies, cats having kittens and folks planting their gardens and good grief. So much fun. Um, I, I won't talk about pruning roses today except to put it on your calendar for the middle of the month. That's the time. That's when we'll be talking about them next week. And after that, you'll be doing it. Urban Britain, talking about growing food and stuff, the, the urban folks there in the U.K. are working on a plan to be grow your own veggies as a nation. I thought they already were. That's where the word allotment comes from, isn't it? For the public space where you can grow vegetables? Hmm. We'll look into it. There's a lot to be done out there. Now, as I said, it's not It's not like it didn't cool. It's not like there isn't a breeze. But I was able to stand up straight to walk out of my house, and that's a really good thing. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. choices our teens make on prom night can impact them for the rest of their lives. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Because vehicle accidents are a leading cause of brain and spinal cord injuries in our state, we have teamed up with the Mississippi Highway Patrol to show young adults the serious consequences of poor choices behind the wheel. To learn more or book a Please Return on Monday program at your school, please visit us at mdrs.ms.gov. That's mdrs.ms.gov. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. 
Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. It's time to reserve the car you deserve at Bob Boy Honda. You probably know that there's distribution issues impacting automakers across the industry. But that won't stop us from getting you the ride of your dreams. Here's how to reserve the new car, truck, or SUV that you want. Step one, come to Bob Boyd and test drive a car, truck, or SUV. Step two, reserve the Honda you want from our huge allocated inventory arriving daily. Step three, when your ride arrives, come down, pick it up, and it's that easy. Come on to Bob Boyd Honda. Let's get you a deal. deal. Watching TaxLayer calculate your refund feels like climbing to the apex of a roller coaster. Here we go! And flying down the tracks. <laughs> At maximum refund speed. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer. File fearlessly. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate your company and, frankly, all of these interesting questions and texts and whatnots. Here's how to get in touch. The Super Talk call line is 888-808-8637. And, of course, if you don't already know this, write it on your hand in permanent marker. 601-879-4395 is the ceasefire text line. Yes, indeed, Britain has decided uh, they need to figure this out. 
They've got they've got more imports of food than with certainly than we do. We import about 15% in the United States of the food that we eat. In Britain, they import 30%. And because they're a very densely populated place, they're trying to figure out how they can increase food self-sufficiency because of everything from supply chain issues to just, frankly, the changes in where growing can be done. You know that there is a, a wine, I wanted to say budding, but it's actually bigger than that, wine industry in England now, which there was not previously before the temperatures changed to where it was warm enough for them to live. So these kind of things are are very important to understand because a lot of their food comes from areas where there's generally been been warm temperatures and dry conditions, but not quite as warm or dry as they are now, which does reduce yields. So what they're working on is some really um, interesting stuff. They've done the first national level study of its kind there. The Lancaster University folks set out to discover if there is enough sufficient green space, that would be anything from private gardens and parks and recreational areas within the towns and cities to grow enough fresh food to feed local populations. What they're talking about, of course, is setting up truck farms. And that's what that's how that's how produce used to get to people who didn't actually grow it themselves before there was a wider ability and more people to grow and distribute food. The truck farmer pretty much grew what that area was interested in eating, and there'd probably be two or three of them if there were a bunch of people there. And if it wasn't in season, you didn't see it. I know that seems crazy, but it's true. And because they're trying to do this, it'll inform all the rest of us in terms of ways that we can make more places to grow food. We have we have food deserts in this country. I've, I've talked about this before. We have places where you can't get to any fresh produce, and that's that's not right. Now, meanwhile, in the UK, um, there are also we've had we've had many many circulations for years now of the person who inherited their grandmother's garden journal in England because well. Our impression is that no one ever throws anything away, and they they keep it and go back into that same garden, and things were not blooming at the same time. Things were not fruiting at the same time. Things were not growing in the same ways. And so these notes have all come together, and 400,000 observations later, observing 406 plant species in nature's calendar, which is maintained by the Woodland Trust there in the U.K., Yep, in fact, stuff is blooming a month early. Now, the next thing I'm sure they're going to attach, attack rather is what we're seeing here, which is where something has two seasons in one year or something become, becomes a rebloomer. You can't get it to rebloom, but it will rebloom when it wants to. They found that the average first flowering date from 1987 to 2019 is a full month earlier than the average first flowering date. These are the same plants. Same environment, same place, okay? 1753 to 1986, a month earlier. So that does change things. It's nice, but it has consequences, of course, both to the wildlife that would be feeding on these potential berries produced by these particular plants, but also because of the way that they either survive or they don't. It changes things for farmers and gardeners, for example. Um, If the, the fruit trees are flowering early, we've all... 
We've all had years when the blueberries flowered at their time and the weather didn't cooperate. The other can also happen. The plants can begin to flower earlier and then the weather zaps them. So there's a lot of these things that, again, will really help us be informed because their data set goes since the 18th, goes back to the 18th century in these very meticulously taken notes. Um, so it'll, it will help all of us. It will inform us greatly. You know, it's, I like that. Um, let's see now. Oh, hey, Brenda, this is a night-blooming Sirius and a mother of thousands. Looks like it. Mm-hmm. I have them on the porch. I drag them around for sun and cover them up. Would these make it if planted outside and covered when freezing? No. And she's in Brandon. No. The um, the, the mother of thousands, if it's anything, if, if you're, your experience will be like mine, it will die, but other ones will come up in the same pot if you leave it outside. Okay? But the same plant will not make it. The The... Um, night blooming Sirius is tropical. It can take anything below about 40 degrees begins to, to change its potential, shall we say. It won't kill it, but just changes its potential. And will freeze when it gets down below freezing. Beautiful, beautiful plant. Lovely, lovely. I'm so glad to see them this morning. Um, another note, yes, we if you want to transplant shrubs and trees, including conifers, this is the time to do that, whether it's being dug up or whether it's bought at the store either way this is a tremendous month to do all of that now another piece of this same puzzle about the flowers blooming at different times and the measurable shifts and changes i tell you all this not because i'm trying to convince you of anything we all understand that things are changing i'm trying to help you understand why things are changing in your yard (laughs) because they are and in fact Things are going to be changing if you are looking for future crops to grow in the United States. The suitable areas for things like avocados are shifting. The suitable areas for coffee, the suitable areas for cashews, these are some high-value crops. But because the environment has changed where they are grown now, there's going to be some differences. For example, um, coffee is really, this is one of those things that every year we wait, we coffee drinkers wait to hear the absolute pro- forecast. How's it going to, how's the coffee going to be? Will I be able to get my coffee for less than a million dollars and all that sort of thing? Generally speaking, it works out, yes. But coffee is a very vulnerable crop. So this, this particular study, um, which is reported in PLOS, but done by the folks in Zurich at the University of Applied Sciences there, is letting us know that the declines in the suitability of, wait for it, Brazil, Vietnam, Indonesia, and oh no, Colombia are, are all reducing the ability of those areas to produce the coffee that you and I want. So that's going to move, that moves coffee as well as cashews, as well as avocados. They're not all grown in the same place, but they're all having the same. Cashews, for example, are primarily produced in India. Well, and Benin, but they can. There, there, there are a few differences in those areas that will allow them to move production to a slightly higher altitude, for example. But also a higher latitude is going to make a lot of difference for these things, particularly avocados. There are avocados being have, that have been bred for Zone Eight. That's right, but they are not. They're not yet the thing. If you if you want to do something that's really cutting edge, check that out. Go see about them. United States. Argentina, China, and East Africa 
will all have conditions that will be growing better avocados than the places where they are grown now. I like that. Right now, you know, a whole lot of avocados are grown in Indonesia. Um, Most of the ones that we get here seem to be grown in Mexico, and I don't believe that they're going to have any big problems. (laughs) I don't think they're going to have any big problems. Oh, my goodness. Yes, indeed, the um, the last of the uh, tomatoes and whatnot coming out and getting in, in the brown bags and they'll turn red eventually. That's a good thing. And, of course, uh, yep, time to get started. Time to start again thinking about what we're going to plant this year and what how we're going to do it because there will always be a different point of view for things. Um, I'm, I'm looking for more sun myself. So I don't know what you'll be looking for. Let's talk about it. If you are um, one of those folks like me who just particularly likes Brussels sprouts, I'm, I'm so glad they got popular. <laughs> you know? um, oh, isn't that beautiful? <laughs> yeah, that's an oldie goldie there sending me album covers now. Good grief. I think I've been listening to him about that long, John. I really do. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, one of the questions is always the um, one of the questions at this time of the year is if your Brussels sprouts are making, how do you keep them making? And in fact, do they freeze? Yeah, they'll freeze if it's bad enough. That's one of the things that a lot of people will wrap or cover up or make sure that they've picked all of or cut the stem to um, in, in most cases. But if you are done with that, if your broccoli finished, if your Brussels sprouts finished, if your cabbage finished. Most of those things will finish in December in zone seven and eight, and sometimes nine. Um, if that's if that's the case, then this is the time really to get them ready for the next crop, and that might be more Brussels sprouts, cabbages, and broccoli because we do have another season. You know when you can plant those. If you've got your seeds going now for them, you'll be putting them out while the weather's still chilly. It won't be freezing, but it'll still be chilly. And in fact, one of the best things that you can do now is to get underneath that pile of leaves that you've had in the backyard now for two years and discover the wonderful leaf mold compost that is in the bottom of it, work that into those beds, and you may or may not need any other fertilizer because what you're trying to do now is feed the earthworms. They, in turn, will do a lot of the work. If you use cottonseed meal, this is a good time to put that in there, not somewhere that you're growing something, but somewhere that you're intending to grow in about eight weeks, six or eight weeks, okay? It's a really good thing to do. Um, it's also time this month to think about planting potatoes. And I'm a big fan of planting potatoes. My, I, I grew two crops last year by accident. So I, I advise you to try it. It's really fun. If you're interested, we can talk about that. And frankly, potatoes are one of those things that children actually like to eat. So if, if, you're, if you're, trying to get, you're trying to expand their interest in the garden, Trust me, growing potatoes is a real good idea. It may be that you can get some of the blue potatoes or some of the other different color potatoes, but you can also just get get to the co-op, get to the garden center, and get some seed potatoes of whatever variety is there. This is the time to be thinking about that. I probably won't I, I, I won't change containers, I don't think, for that. Right now, that same big old container that had the potatoes in it last year um, has cuttings of figs in it from the fig pruning 
and I just literally stuck them there so they wouldn't dehydrate, and I could cover up the whole business. Um, but I'll get those out and put them into the proper pots. And at that point, I'll be digging the dirt out where the potatoes used to be, mixing it with some more of those leaves from the bottom of the pile, and creating another place to grow some potatoes. It's really not that hard to do. Really, really easy to do. Oh, hello, Al. He, he, we, this is, uh, yeah, you're seeing brown tips on your Norfolk pines there in Canton because uh, it's too cold. It's a beautiful tree, but you have to protect it. And um, and, and it's, a, it, it's one of the plants, if you're going to buy a Norfolk pine that's, or, for instance, a lyre leaf um, ficus that, that is bigger than three feet tall, I suggest at the same time investing in a rolling coaster, <laughs> something you can put it on to roll it inside and roll it back out because you're going to have to put it in and out. I'm happy to report that my um, my lemon is ripening. The leaves are dropping, and, and I knew they would because they were damaged last fall. Something, I don't even know exactly what, but they they had a, a mold happen to them. And But the lemons are delicious. So I'm going to pick the rest of them, and then I'm going to prune that tree. For those of you who do um, follow with me on patreon.com slash gardenmama, you get to see these videos that I'm doing every week. And if you will join me there, you'll see them every week just about. As long as I'm, as long as I'm doing something, I'm not going to make up something. But if, I'm, if the garden's got something interesting to show you, I am showing you something every week there. Uh, we're hoping to get them to the rest of the newsletter list, but we don't have a place to put them right now. So be patient with us. We're, we're going to find a dock and get it in there, and then you'll be able to just take a link and go and enjoy it. Um, because I sure do enjoy making them. It's been a whole lot of fun, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing more. There are many, many ways that you can get in touch with me, of course, that the main one is mama on air at yahoo.com. So if you don't get your particular um, answer done like you want, then get in touch with me during the week and we'll chit chat back and forth on the email. By the way, yes, you can certainly do the angel trumpets the way I was talking about if they're if they've frozen. You can also do Confederate roses if they've frozen. You can go ahead and cut them back, not all the way to the ground, but cut them down and mulch over them. Okay, okay, now. More to go. Let's talk about some landscaper tips. Let's talk about some palms. Whatever's on your mind, this is Weekend Gardening. This is Dennis Stevenson, Director of the Motor Carrier Safety Division of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. The Highway Patrol, in conjunction with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, is conducting big rig road checks for safety each month throughout the state for motor vehicles. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our roads and highways safe. Since the program began, we have issued over 15,000 citations to ensure that everyone is safe on the road. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our Mississippi roadways safe. Some things are hard to ignore, like a bad toupee. The Mississippi Lottery's Mega Millions jackpot is one of the good things you should not ignore. It's big. We're talking massive. It's just $2 per play, and for an extra buck, you can add the Mega Plier for a chance to make your non-jackpot winnings really sore. What are you waiting for? Somebody's going to win it. 
Be somebody. Get your Mega Millions tickets today. Then buy that guy a new rug. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Attention, if you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. Today on Hey Culligan, how smart is your water? Here's Tracy. Hey Culligan, I think my water might be dumb. Good news, Tracy. Your water's not dumb, it's just not talking to you. You can make my water talk. No, but the new Culligan smart drinking water system can talk to your phone to tell you when your water filters need changing and help you meet drinking water goals. Now that's some brilliant H2O. You said it, Tracy, and we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. Green Home Solutions is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Start off the new year with explosive savings during our New Year celebration at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. In 2022, it's our resolution to continue our mission to give you the most savings possible every single day. That's right. We're here to get you the best deal possible on every Mitsubishi in stock. RidgelandMitsubishi.com with zero down. Pay only $289 per month on new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirage G4ESs. That's zero down on brand new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirage. We're also offering super low 1.9% financing for 72 months, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And don't forget about Ridgeland Mitsubishi's new lifetime powertrain warranty. That's right, a lifetime powertrain warranty only from Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Bring in your trade. We'll give you a whole lot for whatever you're driving, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So start off 2022 with explosive savings during our New Year celebration at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. With approved credit deal features. Listen to that and not feel better. Come on now. Just improve your mood a little bit this morning. You know, it's not easy being human. It's not easy being green, but it's not easy being human either sometimes. So I encourage you to um, 
try very hard to let this program and many other things in your life, but certainly my voice, bring a little bit of soothing comfort, bring a little bit of uh, hopefully a smile to your face, maybe by 10 a.m. anyway. But I, I can't promise that, but I can certainly hope for it. I have to tell you, the, the way that we process things in our brain, and what a word. I didn't know from process, except for like, you know, there's a process to canning vegetables. But the, the, the overuse of the word process came along, I think, in the 80s. I might be wrong about that, but I feel like it did. We are now understanding how we process so many things, you know. And uh, it's a, it's very exciting that we now got research, UC California, um, UC San Francisco rather, about the the part of the brainstem circuit that gives rise to vocalizations. We have the networks in our brain that enable us to converse with other people. We now understand how the brain can pick out one voice in a mass of you know other voices. Like when somebody calls your name and you you hear it, even though there's 20 other people between you and them. It's really exciting news and really exciting work. Some being done at the Langone and Grossman Schools of Medicine and Health, the University of Rochester Medical Center, just all over the place, trying to understand how our brains work and really giving us insights into how to take care of them in so many ways. Um, It's really delightful because just such good work. I appreciate knowing about it. this will be the last time that I'm going to say this because it will bore the people who are not interested. But, yes, you can, in fact, transplant any shrubs and any trees this month. So that's a good thing. Um, the Louisiana Sweet Orange Cajun Owl, it's a, a, it, you move it to the corner, wrapped it with a string of Christmas lights, and it's so great with incandescent bulbs because they're warmer. That is so great that you wrote to me about that big owl. I'm, I'm sorry, Cajun Owl. I'm sorry, I have a dear friend named Big Owl. Cajun Owl. Um, you, I, I really, because I was, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the whole palm tree business. People that have, even though we know windmill palms, for example, are hardy in zone eight, they still, young trees have a little bit of difficulty, a um, little bit of difficulty with that. And it's one of the things that landscapers will recommend to you is to get, you got to get out the old fashioned bulbs, not, not the LEDs because we want the warmth and wrap the trunk with it. And that's what Cajun Al is talking about. By the way, if y'all ever have a chance to eat Louisiana sweet oranges, do it. <laughs> you will be so impressed. They're so good. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm really glad that you um, are, are getting the the it's flowering again. It, it had small fruit. Oh, yeah, it is confused because these temperatures are not what it likes. But you're keeping it warm. You're keeping it exactly right. And that's what you should be doing. The, the bad news is if we hit another week now that it's flowering, you're going to want to build a tent all the way around it to keep the flowers from freezing because they don't. It, it's not going to bloom maybe twice in a year. So um, it's it's fun stuff. This whole business about vocalizations is just so exciting. How did I didn't know this? I knew it took hundreds of muscles to smile, but laughing and shouting, we 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 use more than a hundred different muscles in one breath. Are we not complex or what? My goodness, that's so exciting. And just think, it's what babies almost do first, is to laugh. 
And that's delightful to me now that I know that it takes a hundred muscles in one breath. Come on, that's marvelous. The neurons that they're studying that get it all to turn on and, and, and give it, that give us this unconscious ability because it's, it's like heart, it's like your heartbeat. You don't tell your heart when to turn itself on, thankfully. It, it's an involuntary process, okay? And indeed, in this case, you don't tell the neurons when to switch on, uh, but, but when they are switched on, we get this ability with the result is an unconscious ability to laugh and cry and yeah to babble like a baby this really helps us in looking forward to the parts of questions that we need to ask along the way um and and of course this is very very exciting it it can help with understanding regular speech and, and average folks but it can also help with understanding the things that we need to do to improve the study of speech pathology and how we help people who are not as able to speak. I think that's very, very exciting. Um, Very, very exciting stuff. Conversation is sort of a similar way. It's a brain circuit that they're now able to identify as being active while we are planning our spoken replies. So I I really do think that there's a certain amount of, of of the difference between ex- speaking as you think and thinking as you speak. You know, you understand introvert and extrovert. Um, extroverts are thinking as they are speaking. Introverts tend to speak and then think. And to me, that's really going to go down to the way that this brain circuit works. Um, it, it's really very, very exciting. Publishing in Nature, the Grossman School of Medicine and University of Iowa found that the distinct brain areas that are active are planning for those split-second verbal exchanges. So that's very, very exciting. Um, I, I'm so happy that they're able to do this. We, we know, of course, that the measuring these swings in electrical signals inside of our head is one of the things that we have begun to understand how to do. Electroencephalograms and are so important for that. But being able to put that together with vocalization just makes tremendous amount of sense. Such a tremendous amount of sense. Thank you, Greg. That's very kind of you. Um, Mike wants in, Mike's in Grenada. He wants to cut back some overgrown hedges. I'm going to wait a couple of weeks when it's beginning to start again, when we're looking towards a slightly warmer pattern, then so then you can fertilize them right after you do that. Um, let's see. Jeb's in DeKalb. What's up, Jeb? Hello? Hey, Garden Mama. How are you doing? Doing great. What's up? Oh, um, I just had some questions about some hydrangeas. My mom wanted to put them in a different place. Is it okay to do that right now? And yes. I just want to say I love the show every Saturday. Thank you very much. Glad to hear from you today. How's things in DeKalb generally? Y'all doing okay? Yeah, everything is going great. Wonderful. We just have a ton of cats like you do. Well. And they always sit at our door on these cold mornings. Mm-hmm. And they just won't make up their mind whether they want to go outside or not. Yeah, they they keep waiting for us. So now y'all stay warm. Take care of those kitties. Thanks for calling. Appreciate that. One of the things that goes on in my garden at this time, of course, is all the indoor stuff. So I have to tell you that we don't grow Rex begonias for their flowers, but when they do bloom, they're not on a track 
attractive is just a little tiny begonia-looking flower up against all those big, beautiful leaves. So that's blooming today. The jewel orchid is coming along and having a bigger show this week than it did last. I like that very, very much. And I've actually seen some new growth on both pothos, uh, pothos ivies and another one of the philodendrons that I have. Um, I have to tell you also that one of the plants that I've lost for too many seasons and had to replace because I really love it is diamond frost euphorbia. It's not hardy in zone 8. So I have it in a container with some other plants. This year, instead of just leaving that outside, I cut them back like to two inches tall. And do you know that they're, they've grown inside the house and they're trying to bloom? I'm, I'm very happy about that. It's one of those things you don't think about, but... With supply chain issues, we may all be thinking about keeping a few more plants over, and then that lets us add to our collection with what's at the garden center. Time's a-wasting. This is Weekend Gardening. Why join Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation if I'm not a farmer? Let's start with the valuable discounts on vehicles, travel, farm equipment, and much more, all of which would cover the cost of your membership. Throw in the insurance products, smarter banking, and agricultural advocacy, and the choice is clear. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. The choices our teens make on prom night can impact them for the rest of their lives. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Because vehicle accidents are a leading cause of brain and spinal cord injuries in our state, we have teamed up with the Mississippi Highway Patrol to show young adults the serious consequences of poor choices behind the wheel. To learn more or book a Please Return on Monday program at your school, please visit us at mdrs.ms.gov. That's mdrs.ms.gov. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trusted advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601-864-3752. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Your home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. 
I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There are huge differences between the tax relief plan introduced in the Senate Tuesday and the plan put forth in the House. Representative Trey Lamar is pleased the Senate is stepping up, but he says their plan pales in comparison to the transformative tax reform Mississippi needs. Well, keep in mind that last year the Senate took our bill and threw it in the garbage can. So they didn't even have a plan last year. So the fact that they've stuck their little pinky toe in the door uh, is a start. The Senate plan doesn't phase out state income taxes like the House plan, but Senator Josh Harkins argues that the 2016 tax cut is still in play. When you go back to 2016, everybody was pretty excited about the largest tax cut in Mississippi history, and it eliminated the 3% tax bracket and phased out the franchise tax, which we were in year 410 of. For a detailed explanation of the differences between the bills, log on to supertalk.com. I'm Kelly Bennett. Some things are hard to ignore, like a bad toupee. The Mississippi Lottery's Mega Millions jackpot is one of the good things you should not ignore. It's big. We're talking massive. It's just $2 per play, and for an extra buck, you can add the Mega Plier for a chance to make your non-jackpot winnings really sore. What are you waiting for? Somebody's going to win it. Be somebody. Get your Mega Millions tickets today. Then buy that guy a new rug. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. U.S. Competitive Swimming's governing body has updated its policy on the eligibility of transgender athletes. A three-person medical panel will determine whether prior physical development of the athlete as a male gives transgender swimmers an unfair advantage. There will also be testosterone tests for 36 months before competitions. Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith supports the Mississippi Fairness Act. It requires athletes to compete in the division of their biological sex at birth. She says nobody should be discriminated against, but... We just can't sit around and do nothing. We cannot rest until every girl can compete fairly and on an even playing field. The new policy takes effect immediately, raising doubt about Leah Thomas's eligibility for the NCAA Division I Swimming Championships in March. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Basketball action finds Ole Miss at Florida today. The 2.30 tip in Gainesville, 2 o'clock, will be the airtime on the Ole Miss Basketball Network. Mississippi State will be at Arkansas tonight. 7.30 is the tip in Fayetteville for the Bulldogs. 7 o'clock is the airtime on the MSU Basketball Network tonight. In other games today, Tennessee will be at South Carolina. Number one, Auburn will be at Georgia. Missouri will be at Texas A&M. LSU will be at Vanderbilt. And Kentucky will be in Tuscaloosa to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Auburn still leads the Southeast Conference in 9-0, 21-1 overall, followed by Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi State is 5-3. Then it's LSU, Texas A&M, Alabama, Florida, South Carolina. Ole Miss is 3-6. and six, Then Vanderbilt, Missouri, and Georgia. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. 
Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Dear Mississippi, it's our great honor to serve as your physicians. It's from that sense of service that we ask that you help protect all Mississippians and our loved ones by getting vaccinated. Vaccines are safe and reliable and even effective against the Delta variant. Getting vaccinated helps protect our children, supports our health care workers in their efforts, and helps save lives. We understand that you may have questions. Please reach out to your primary care physician for answers. No NFL playoff games this weekend, but there is a game that has kind of an NFL look to it. That will be the 73rd Annual Senior Bowl, which will be played in Mobile at Hancock-Whitney Stadium on the campus of the University of South Alabama. They'll kick off at 1.30 this afternoon in that one. There's one Mississippi on each team. The national team, which will be coached by the Jets staff, is Ole Miss wide receiver Braylon Sanders. The American team, which will be coached by the Lions staff, is Ole Miss wide receiver Dontario Drummond. That will kick off at 1.30 this afternoon in Mobile. And then the seasoning opening NASCAR race is an exhibition race in the L.A. Coliseum tomorrow. The Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum will be on a quarter-mile track in the 98-year venue, which is usually a football stadium, but will be converted into a racetrack for tomorrow's class at the Coliseum at 5 o'clock. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello. 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 Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so very, very much for being here, for being a gardener, for being a radio person. All of those things fit into the mix here when I get a chance to be here, and I, of course, am your very own garden mama. Thank you very, very much for that. I was reflecting this week on all the things. How do you get to be a gardener? How do you know what to do when you do it, and when do you do it, and how, what, and that? And I realized that I was really very, very lucky because I grew up with gardeners, farmers who became gardeners when they moved to town, as they like to say, Um the truth of the matter is that they were that was a bit of an exaggeration because my family came from Mississippi. They were sharecroppers and when they were able to get jobs on the railroad so that they could have jobs job jobs, they went and did that. Now they, it's not that they quit growing stuff, but they didn't have to depend as much on the vagaries of weather and market and all of the other things that farmers live to conquer every year, every season. Those are difficult things. We're just so fortunate that we live where there's so many of them. But my sharecropper ancestors became gardeners 
in a big, big way. I first learned to garden in the 1950s. Yeah, that's right, the 1950s, from my grandfather, who was known as Daddy Tom. He was a train dispatcher who by this time had retired, and um, his, his primary pursuit was the garden. When they built their home, he and my grandmother um, had an argument. She began. She had begun by this time to not want to see, look out the yard and see him bent over in the only sunny spot in the yard. She wanted to put her roses and her other flowers there. So they put the vegetable garden behind all of that. So when you looked out the backyard, into the backyard, you saw trees and flowers. But when you walked to the end and turned right, you came upon the hundred row hundred foot rows rather that were behind all of that that were his vegetable garden between those trees and the fence lots of space lots and lots of vegetables he fed us from there it was two great big wide rows and every autumn he cleared it all off and either planted alfalfa or clover or ryegrass or something just depending on what year it was um and it grew until about now and this is when he would begin digging it into the soil. I helped. I did all this. I, I learned about it. But I didn't really register what was going on, of course, because I was a kid. I clearly remember, though, watching him on one February day, which is why I bring this story to you today. He was standing in the mud in boots. We, had, we both had to put on our mud boots to go out into the yard that day. It was so wet. We, he stood in the muddy row between those beautiful mounded up mounds that he grew in and in fact it registered to me that day there must be something different going on here because there he was leaning over his over the raised bed and dropping the potatoes into neat holes he wouldn't have dropped them into the mud he knew they weren't going to grow there they'd rot their potatoes but I didn't know all that. All I knew was that the winter had been so wet that I felt like those boots were attached to my feet and I was going to outgrow them while they were still on my feet. And we also, frankly, at school, despaired of ever having recess again because it had just rained and rained and rained. Well, there we were gardening. There he was planting potatoes in the muddiest place but the soil that he had cultivated, the soil that he had kept right, as he would say, was able to take the potatoes, and sure enough, you know, by Mother's Day, we were eating them. It was years before I understood what I had seen there. It was years before I understood that you that you don't necessarily walk on the same soil that you garden in, that you do things to the soil that you garden in that you don't do where you have to walk. He said, feed the dirt and then feed the plants. And it turns out that's what my whole career has been based on. He He's my roots. And I'm very happy that, uh, well, I'll just tell you the truth. I was hard to handle. And they would send me out in the yard because he, he could, I could do things out in the yard and, and wouldn't get in anybody's way because <laughs> I wasn't in his way. He would give me something to do and it didn't bother him that I was there. <laughs> I was a little bit much sometimes. They always said that I was the noisiest person they had ever lived around. <laughs> Funny stuff. But. It tells you about February. It tells you a lot about February. Um, I like this. David's in Indianola, and he says, we have an established landscape, um, but 
they're, they're tired of picking the weeds. So they cover it with pine straw twice a year, and he's thinking of raking and cleaning it down to the ground, keeping the plants you have, and what's the best material to put down to keep the weeds out. Um, if you're not trying to grow something there, if you're just going to then put mulch on top of it or a container garden or raised beds or something like that, you should do this and put landscape fabric down, tack it down, and and put other stuff on top of it. But there's really not a good way that I will there, – there are plenty of things that would kill everything there, plenty of chemical sprays or, or treatments that would kill everything there. But my problem is then that it will begin to rain, and it will rain a week, and all your soil will be down the block. <laughs> You'll lose it to erosion. So I would consider, if I were in this situation, if it's a full sun site, I would consider taking care of the weeds, but not at the expense of the grass. Or if it's not a sunny site, I would get all those weeds out of there, either with a spray or with physical labor, because it does take both, usually, and then put in landscape cloth, a few shade-loving um perennials and things like that ground covers to hold down the edges of it maybe would also be attractive and then put in whatever you're going to put in furniture or um, container garden or build a raised bed if, if you have other questions i'll be more than happy to answer them but that just sounds like a great plan if you live in an area where the covenant demands that you have a lawn you'll be in a bit of trouble but in that case if you're trying to get your lawn to grow and it's in a bright sunny location this is the time to be talking to the folks at the co-op or the garden center about pre-emerge herbicides to kill the weeds that will come up in a few months or a few weeks. We would usually do that twice a year because we have weeds that sprout in the winter and we have weeds that sprout in the spring. So that's usually we're, we're controlling the weeds in the lawn with those two applications where they have become a problem. Okay? Okay. That's a good, good question. I was looking at... Uh, one of the problems that we have here, and that is, we, I was trying to give you an idea of where to order potatoes. I can't tell you because nobody's got potatoes to ship. You, you're going to have to find them locally. Well, they, they will ship them, but it's not going to be in the next 10 days or so when we would want to plant them. But if you know of a source, say, for example, um, you're listening from Ocean Springs and the co-op there has, you know, 40,000 pounds of seed potatoes, by all means, give us a call because there's folks every year who look for seed potatoes and can't find them. So let me know about that. Um, and there, there are a couple of other things in the potato world. Um, good question about fertilizer came, came to me this week. She was doing what I do, which is growing them in a big pot. But you just put a little bit of soil and leaves and that sort of thing in the bottom, just enough, you know, like in a, in a container that is 14 or 15 inches tall, you're going to put maybe three inches of stuff. If it's taller, you might put a little more. But what you're, you're trying to do is give them a place to start their roots, but also to encourage them to grow up. So, yes, you do want some nitrogen in there. And that was what my, the question this week was. Should I work in some nitrogen when I put the soil and leaves in the bottom of the pot? Yes. And it's also not a bad idea, if you can do it, to use a container that has a few holes in the sides of it. Um, I had a friend once who said this is the best thing she ever found out about cracked containers was that they would croak because you need a little air circulation coming into the soil itself. Then you plant the potatoes. As they grow, then you're going to put more leaves and dirt along their stem as they get taller because the stem is where those potatoes are going to form. So you've got to get them covered up, but you only want to cover them up as they're growing. 
because you're doing the opposite of what happens if you plant them in well-drained loamy soil in Ohio. The, the potatoes are going to grow into the ground and get longer and longer and longer on that stem. So that's why you keep it in the dark. Anyway, that's that's the easiest way for us to grow them, and it, it's really a fun, fun, fun thing to grow. I'm a big bumblebee fan. I like I like the European honeybees. They're fine. They're round. I like them. But I got to tell you, when the bumblebees start, particularly for instance on the Vitex tree, when they get into those flowers, it has a different pitch. It's a lower sound because they're bigger and they have a lar- I guess a bigger voice box or whatever diaphragm, whatever that part of them is called. It turns out though that because they pollinate so many different species. They have different needs. They're very, very resilient. They're very hard to, to make ill or kill a whole boatload of. But they can still fly, for example, when it's too cold for other pollinators. However, they're still in big decline in many, many places. And so for us to understand about keeping something blooming all the time, keeping keeping clovers going or keeping flowers going of some sort or having a, a shrub that blooms early, you know, any of these things that, that will produce some pollen for them is very, very important. It It is, in fact, diverse landscape, first of all, and diverse pollen diet. So many the, the things that I talk about here all the time, we might as well call it bumblebee gardening because I want a diversity of plants. I want a diversity of flowering sizes and shapes, and I certainly want a diversity of bloom times because what we're trying to do is keep something blooming all the time that will produce the pollen that they need. Of course, the bumblebees collect the pollen. It's a protein source for them. And indeed, they without it, they can't nourish their offspring, and then that indeed leads to their decline. So as we talk about growing things more sustainably, part of what we're trying to sustain is the pollinator population. And it's very, very important to do that. If, you, if you've never planted just a row of flowers out by the side of your house for grins, please do this spring. It'll be good for you, good for whoever's helping you, and really a lot of fun for the, the particular pollinators that come to your area. Um, a diverse diet can even, just as it can with human beings, the proper nourishment can oftentimes mitigate the negative effects of other things. So, um, for they, there's 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 wax moth larvae that that get in the bumblebees and one thing and another. But the point is that the healthier they are, just like the healthier your plants are, the better able they are to withstand attack. And the way you get there is with a diverse landscape, using little or no products on it that are not entirely gone use it and gone in other words the differences between natural sources and conventional sources is that conventional sources generally speaking are an improvement on what was a natural source an improvement usually means it it acts faster or it acts longer and those are actually the things that we're not looking for when we want to sustain pollinators we want to be able to control the, the insect that's eating the tomatoes today but when the pollinating insect comes tomorrow, we don't want that one to be killed by it. So that's why we you, that's why we do these things. Uh, it's not really individual habitats, but it's the bigger picture. So, for example, if you're not seeing um, plenty of pollinators, plenty of bumblebees in your own pl- at your own place, look around the neighborhood. 
it, it may be time to put in a few plantings, you know, here and there to help that whole area become more biodiverse and therefore more hospitable to bumblebees and other pollinators for that matter. This would be a really good time if you've got an area that has been eroding a little too much. Um, give yourself the chance to plant some ground covers. They come in flats. You often don't even see them after about March at the garden center because everybody's bought them. So go and ask at your favorite place that you shop when they will have the flats for you, and you can begin to fix that area. I think about David in Indianola, but a lot of people have a spot either where the grass won't grow or where they're tired of dealing with it, and oftentimes a nice ground cover can be the answer to that particular problem. 888-808-8637. That is the Super Talk call line, always open to you. The C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Really important for us to understand what's going on in the garden in winter, but also what's not going on. And um, I, I wish I could tell you that the, the, the cold snap is going to, uh, to um, take in the, our, our problem insects and whatnot. It, that's not true (laughs) not long enough not cold enough and they're way too tough so there are many many things that we can do something about however and one of those of course is building that soil and getting it ready for for example you may not grow anything before time for squash and tomatoes that's great in in that case you should be doing that work if the soil is workable you should be doing some of that work to improve it now. If it's not workable, you might want to go ahead and get a soil test so you know what you need to do later on. Those are very important, too. big piece of research has come out from uh, University of California at, at Riverside, which, of course, is not quite Los Angeles, it's, but it's in the w- much warmer part of the state. And um, working in research published in International Journal of Organic Evolution, is some work that they have done on black-eyed peas. Now, you understand, and we we love the fact that black-eyed peas and other legumes, uh, you know, beans and peas in that family, have what is possibly a magic, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's botanical, it's real, it's chemical, but um, they are able to fix nitrogen from the air and sustain themselves that way. Their leaves work in a different way. So many organic gardeners for years have said, if you're not using an area and the weather's warm enough, just plant black-eyed peas, even if they're not going to be there forever. You know, you might get peas off of them, you might not, but turn them under. Now, that's a really good thing. That's a very smart way to approach it. But they've done even more work at UC Riverside to talk about putting it into rotation with your other crops. So it's something we need to think about here because, quite frankly, we're always looking to improve our soil, both its tilth and its nutrition, and digging in black-eyed pea vines can do that, both of those things, very efficiently. And apparently, according to their research, I haven't, we haven't done it here, so we have to do the same data sets and measurements, but it's creating the soil that we want. That means the soil that drains well, has plenty of nutrients in it, and can grow the next crop that you're going to put in it. Think about it. Oh, my goodness. Van's back. Well, how nice. Let me say good morning. I'm just going to go ahead and say good morning, Campbells. It's nice to have you all here today. Stick around now. There's more weekend gardening. Drop it smack dab in the middle of the deep blue sea because... Yes, you are.
Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. This is a crime alert from James Finch, former assistant director of the FBI Cyber Crimes Division. Your home's title is the only document that proves you own your home. And now, cyber criminals are able to forge our names off our home's title and claim they own it. It's a nightmare crime. Watch a video of a former cyber thief who now trains police, show how it's done, and how Home Title Lock could have stopped him. Visit HomeTitleLock.com slash radio. HomeTitleLock.com slash radio. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? What? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at Barone'sTreePros.com. That's Barone'sTreePros.com. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Philium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. 
Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Heaven glory share. Heaven glory share. Turn your lights down low. Turn your lights down low. And listen to the master's radio. I got a really nice note from someone um, celebrating John Hartford, the music, the person you hear singing here, and asked me if I remembered that he used to play banjo while tap dancing. And yes, I actually do. But he was actually more shuffling. But it was a board. He danced on a board while he played. And it there's. A certain amount of talent to that. It's like playing a drum set. You know, if you can do all that stuff at once, talk about the, it. As, as as I mentioned in previously, the the hundred muscles it takes to laugh. There must be four hundred or ten hundred or whatever to get uh, get all of that going on at one time. But what a talented man, and and a joy to have that here with us. What fun! Meanwhile, in the uh, the robots are taking over the universe world, <clears throat> which, of course, they are, there are a lot of things I wish that robots would do. You all know that. Um, there's a lot of things that uh, they don't do that I wish they could learn to do, but they don't seem to be teaching them the things that I want, like ironing my cotton shirts and, you know, all of those sorts of things. However, because my concerns are trivial and the concerns of the people developing robots are not necessarily so trivial. Johns Hopkins University is letting us know that a robot has performed laparoscopic lap I knew I was going to say that wrong and I've had it before laparoscopic laparoscopic excuse me I had to look at it again the third time laparoscopic surgery on a, the soft tissue of a pig without the guiding hand of a human this is a big deal now frankly I always thought that it would be the Lasix that would be sooner because those are so precise and they're basically done by human guiding the machine's hand anyway. But um, this is a very exciting bit of news, not because we don't want people to train to be surgeons, but because there's not anywhere near enough surgeons for the number of people on this earth. And we need to be able to do surgery to help people to heal things, to fix things in ways that we have not had to think about. This is the 21st century. Things are different. Get Get used to it. It just is. And in fact, there's still plenty of room for anybody who wants to go be a good surgeon. And I trust me, that's wonderful. But it's also wonderful to know that we've actually got something going in this direction, working with the collaborators at Children's National Hospital in Washington and the Johns Hopkins uh, professors of electrical and computer engineering. They put all of this together, Dr. Krieger did, working on, uh, he's assistant professor of mechanical engineering at Johns Hopkins. Now, this is very exciting stuff. The reason that this is exciting is because it's really hard for robots to deal deal with anything that resembles soft tissue. Um, you may have noticed that you know that's not what they. We see them leaping around and we see them moving appliance, moving parts onto appliances or cars or things like that. But we don't generally speaking um, see them working with things that are soft. So this is a big difference. The unpredictability of a soft surface is something that they were really trying to get to and they have made it they got there it's very very exciting 
this three-dimensional machine vision system is essential. Yeah, it would be. That's why we have one in our heads. But it's something that you can – I'm not saying that we're going to be running out getting operated on by robots anytime soon. But the fact that we can get them to be this good is very, very exciting. There are places where they will be life-saving. It's just terrific. One of the places they won't be life-saving – and which I don't understand. I don't even know how we got here, but we're here. Florida Atlantic University, I don't think they all run around with their hair on fire. But those folks find out some of the stuff that is the absolute true hardest to figure out what to do about stuff. Because they deal with the Atlantic Ocean in Florida. Okay. New study. Good grief. You understand that in an ocean, there are waves, there are currents, and there are also water columns because it's so deep. It's one of the characteristics that makes an ocean an ocean, okay? So the the ocean interior, those things have their own kind of structure within the water. And sadly, that makes them a sink for all of those missing microplastics that we understand have been released and we don't we know they didn't dissolve but we don't know what happened to them well they're starting to find them the prevalence of plastics in the entire water column off of an off of an offshore plastic accumulation zone it implicates the ocean interior as an unfortunately pool of these missing plastics now the microplastics as you all know are in everything from um, hair, hair hair products to skin products to things that are much more uncommon than that. They're everywhere. And in fact, the weak ocean current systems contribute to the formations of these hot spots at depth, which we've never found before. That, of course, is a sad thing because it we understand that we find fish that have microplastics in them, but now we feel that they are now down in the level of where the zooplankton will feed on them. That's a big deal. That's very different, and we don't know how it's going to Im- implicate. These, these studies literally just scratch the surface of this issue. If you are a person trying to decide what you're going to go study, you could spend the rest of your life studying this particular thing. Okay, microplastics off of the off of Atlantic off the Atlantic coast is just wild and awful stuff. Because we have to realize, if nobody ever taught you about the food chain, here's how it works: the big things eat the little things. Five-minute university version. It's a whole lot more complex than that. But if we don't understand that. Why the zooplankton would be a problem if they're corrupted, the problem is that then there's nothing to feed the next guys and the next ones and the next ones and the next ones. And eventually, it's us. Really something to consider. I'm not trying to make you depressed. I'm trying to make you expand your horizons and get yourself out into some understanding of things so that we can appreciate how much exciting science is going on. Everybody talks about, I understand we have record job formation and those things. A lot of those things are in this kind of work. And it's very important and very exciting. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the first one to ever say that if we don't study it, we're not going to ever figure it out. So I'm glad they're doing that. Um, this wild honeysuckle, does it make seeds? And, uh, yes, it, it does. And it, it, and it will, you can harvest them. The question though is when? I, if I had some right now and they had seeds on them, I would cut a piece of the vine. Bring it inside, maybe put it into a, a brown paper bag and see what happens. Because usually those seeds are going to fall off and you may not find them 
if you if you don't happen to catch them on the plant, you may not find where they come up. So yes, you can start them if if you if you harvest them from the plant. Yes, then you can plant them. They're going to ripen, but as soon as they ripen, they're pretty much going to fling themselves off the plant. So look for them, and and I don't know what time of year they're going to make the seeds because they bloom so much, but it will be about a month after the first flowers that you see in the spring on them. That would be the first point where I would expect there to be any seeds. So that's the time to go out and look. On the other hand, if you have some that you kept, this would be a good time to start them if you're intending to plant that out in the springtime. be a good time to start those seeds. Not going to take much. Small containers of potting soil mixed with wet sand are going to, it's going to be about all it will take. They'll sprout just about anywhere. If you are growing wild honeysuckle, be sure where you are growing it. Because the wild honeysuckle, as much as I love it, as delightful as it is to pull that out and be able to drink the nectar and stuff, is you know, the flower comes apart really easily. All that's true, but it's also a very invasive plant, and it will take over your shrubs and take over even trees, not to mention not to mention how beautiful it is on a chain link fence. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> you can let it do that. Um, this is a really good time to start a lot of those kinds of seeds that you're wanting to put out when the weather gets warmer. But don't forget in terms of, in addition to little vegetables and flowers, candelabra trees, you can start those seeds now in even in zone nine or zone eight, even zone seven, but they'll be kind of, they'll be a house plant by the time you could put them out probably. But it's a good time to start these things that we know need a long season. Loofah sponge gourds, for example, take a long season to make loofahs. If you can start them indoors and transplant them outside at a fairly large size, you're way ahead of the game. Same thing is true of long-season squashes like merlitons. They take all summer to make. So if you can get those vines started now, then you have more to transplant and, and will have a better experience at the other end of the season. It's also time to plant fruit trees, and I hope that you will, even if you don't intend to eat any of it, because the wildlife will so much appreciate a persimmon tree in the back of your property. It's a it's an attractive tree, makes some shade in the summer. You know, it's a pretty thing. But by all means, in, incorporate a fruit tree or two into your garden, particularly to sustain the wildlife. But it, you never know, it might sustain you too. <laughs> Persimmons are pretty delicious, as are figs and pineapple guavas and some of the other things that we can grow in Zone 8 and 9. Can't grow the, all of that as quite as far north um, as I would like, but with a little bit of protection you can. If you have fruiting mulberry seeds or small plants that you have dug up from your neighbors, uh, around your neighbors, this is a really good time to set those out. And, of course, if you have been... Uh, I have one one person who writes to me that has been trying to get blackberries, wild blackberries, to go in on a, on a particular slope that he has, and he doesn't want to mow it. He just wants that to be there as kind of a wildlife garden, which is a great idea. Um, however, he he wrote this week and said that uh, he he thought maybe he was going to need to cut them back because they don't seem to be branching. You can certainly do that. I wouldn't do that today, but you can do that in the winter to kick off that spring growth. Yes, absolutely. Why not, in fact? I have heard um, many people, by the way, have, have weighed in with me on my inability to, to bake anything involving yeast. <laughs> so I'm not the only person that's killed a whole lot of yeast, unfortunately. I was intrigued by this study from the University of Washington um, 
during phase separation, it turns out, the membrane in yeast stays intact, but it it makes itself into a partitioned, multiple, distinct set of zones. And apparently that's what I'm killing when I'm not doing the right temperature because the new findings show us that in response to environmental conditions, that would be me putting in water that's too hot or too cold, yeast cells precisely regulate the temperature at which their membrane undergoes phase separation. I'm just pushing it too hard. So when the temperatures are right, apparently, and I'm not very good at that but we all know about membranes membranes of course are what wrap all of our cells and keep them as individuals every cell in your body has a membrane and every one of those cells has particular compartments uh, organelles is the word you may have learned in biology um, also enclosed by membranes so they, they this is where the action is this is where the work goes on this is where um, the, 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 the action in the membranes breaks the food down for energy. It both um, dismantles proteins and builds them. It basically has an, an alarm system that keeps track of environmental conditions and sends those signals to the other cells to tell them when to divide. Like I said, I, I'm the environmental problem. I'm not using the right temperature. <laughs> okay. So, I, but it can certainly be a natural occurrence. It doesn't have to be me. How these things work has been a subject of discussion. I remember reading papers about it a hundred years ago when I was in college. But the, the big old fat molecules in the membranes, um, lipids are, are, the, are the big fat ones. Um, well, they're fat. That's why they're big and fat. But the compact molecules, the ones like the ones that are like cholesterol, is one of the molecules in there. These are the things that make superior barriers. They also give us problems, obviously, later on. But in all but a few cases, it's hard to understand how these things happen. And I really do appreciate this work because what we're understanding is that the yeast are actually thermometers. The most active part, the reason I can't start bread dough and the reason that I've I've just never gotten it right, and apparently some of y'all too have not gotten it right, um, obviously, of course, we understand about the role of sugar in all of this. We understand about how these things happen. But when the food supplies dwindle, things don't really stay the same. And so the, the yeast is dependent on that temperature understanding and activation to grow. I am going to try again. I try almost every year. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame. Uh, oh, good question. Bob's in Summit. What zone is Macomb, Mississippi in? You're in 8B. And if I'm wrong, somebody call me and tell me. Zone 8 is the central part of our state, and it goes down to about where the Pine Belt starts. And then at, and then we're in into 9A and 9B. 9B is where our coast is. So it's... Not not too different from what you might expect, but that's I do talk about those zones because they are they're they're different about some things, not about everything. Um, for example, we, when we go to plant vegetables, for example, we plant beets sooner in the summer in zone seven in the north, and later in zone nine. Well, you can understand that's because it's too hot. While it's fine in zone seven, it's too hot on our coast. And all of us here in Zone 8, including me and you, Bob, are kind of in the middle. That's a good thing and a bad thing. That's why we're on this roller coaster. It's up, it's down. I'm cold. 
and probably will be for a little while. Stick around, though. we got a little bit more weekend gardening, and I sure do need you here. Thank you for listening. The choices our teens make on prom night can impact them for the rest of their lives. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Because vehicle accidents are a leading cause of brain and spinal cord injuries in our state, we have teamed up with the Mississippi Highway Patrol to show young adults the serious consequences of poor choices behind the wheel. To learn more or book a Please Return on Monday program at your school, please visit us at mdrs.ms.gov. That's mdrs.ms.gov. Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you. Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no hassle guarantee so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a wink on troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like western red cedar and cypress lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. Doctors Without Borders teams confront hard facts in conflict and crisis zones. When others look away, we step in to act. Because measles still kills more than 100,000 children every year. 
We're there to vaccinate more than one million because some countries have only one or two mental health professionals. We provided over 400,000 mental health consultations last year. The fact is, your support makes our life-saving work possible. Picture the impact we can have together. DoctorsWithoutBorders.org You know, being a gardener is one of those things that uh, a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time for that. And then they end up in a house with a yard. And they say to themselves, now what am I going to do? Now there's trees and hedges and, oh, no, look what they're doing down the street. And why doesn't my lawn look like the guy over here? And that's what I'm here for. I am uh, I do make probably too many references to my elder status, but that's one of the things we're allowed to do when we become elders. The good news is that the best part about surviving as long as I have on this planet is a lot of things are in perspective that didn't used to be. I used to worry a whole lot about whether or not the squash was going to make, you know, and whether or not um, the, the, there were going to be enough earthworms per square foot in my garden and those kind of things. And I still worry about them, but I understand that it's really the bigger arc. It's the bigger picture of why we go out in the backyard in the first place, why we make a garden to start with, why we why we appreciate what we're doing and why we enjoy it. And sometimes it's just because it's something new. It's something we haven't done before. And that really does give us the opportunity because in gardening, you know, you can plant something different literally every month of the year. You can go in right now and take those cuttings off of your house plants and start rooting them, grow some new plants. You can start some seeds that you're going to set out in a month or six weeks. You can also start doing things like bare root plants. You might have bare root roses that you picked up at a store somewhere, and you're going to be needing to hydrate those and get them going so you can plant them in the middle of February when you get out to prune the others. There's always something to do, and that's the biggest reason why weekend gardening is such a great pleasure for me. It also reminds me what I didn't do and what I need to do. And yes, I got the figs pruned, but no, the grasses didn't quite all get cut back like they should have. So there's always something that I've got to get done. I'm getting them done this week because I've got to get onto the roses next week. (laughs) Oh yeah. And I'm still planting daffodils. Are y'all still planting daffodils? They may not come up this year, but when you find yourself with a bunch of daffodils, plant them they're not going to sit in the bag all year and be happy so put them in the in the yard even if they're not going to grow and bloom they, they'll grow but they may or may not bloom this time um but you'll have the opportunity to see them in a year or so so get yourself varieties that have a perennial quality and then put them in there and go ahead and go for it or plant them in containers and give them away as valentine's day presents because <laughs> guess what we're having a flower shortage in this country. Um, we're our, our cut flower growers here in Mississippi are hugely busy all the time, but winter is a shorter bit of you know bit of season for us in terms of the depth of our crops. We can't grow everything that we grow the other ten months out of the year. 
But this year, because of supply chain issues, all those imported flowers are having a hard time getting here. Some of them didn't even get grown. And I'm encouraging you two things. First of all, find yourself a local cut flower farmer. We're finding them all over the state and helping to make more with cut flower growers of Mississippi. And also, if you are stumped, you can always buy the plant. And your beloved will appreciate that as well. So give yourself the opportunity to uh, to, to speak to someone about what plants they might like, in addition to flowers, if you can't find the flowers. Bob in Summit says he listens every Saturday, and he's, he's got Bluetooth even if he's not sitting around the house. He's hunting and fishing. He's still listening for the, through the app, which reminds me to tell you to get the app. Good heavens, there's an app for that. There's an app for everything. I'm happy about that. Um, let's see. I'm not sure if we'll get these calls in or not, but if we don't, let me know. Let me tell you that I appreciate you, and, and it's good for you to be here. Thank you. The Smithsonian Tropical Research Institute. I love this. Cryptic shark species. Mm-hmm. The genus Squatina. This is the first found in Central American Caribbean Ocean, the Western Atlantic. And this is very cool, beautiful thing. It doesn't happen. It's, it's Squatina mapana, and it has just been collected recently. Their genus goes way, way back, but they're flat-bodied sharks that kind of look like stingrays. Very cool. Um, let me speak. Who's online? One, can I talk to you for a moment? Latina from, hello, welcome in. Thank you for calling. What's on your mind today? I just want to know. Go ahead. I want to know how to take care of Chinese lantern and when do I need to put it in the ground? Okay. You're in um, Columbia, which is, it's going to be warm. It's going to take a hit in the winter, but it will be a perennial plant. I wouldn't put it out right now. I would I would wait until the weather warms up, maybe late March, and then late March. yeah, grow it that way. Love, love, love flowering uh, maple. That that Chinese lantern plant is so beautiful. Your show. Thank you very much. I appreciate you listening. Thank Have a you. Good day. Take care now. Say hey to everybody in Columbia for me. Nice place. And I don't know. Can I talk to Jim? Hey, Jim, be quick. <laughs> All right, Mama, I woke up this morning thinking that today was your birthday. Something told me that. I was no. going to call wish you a happy birthday, but uh, the announcer, uh, I think he said it was in the summertime. Yeah. I thought you're, it was. I didn't, I you're, didn't only, you're only six months off. <laughs> well, I love you. Show it. I'll tell you one quick thing, and you can relate to this. All right. In the 1970s, we were 20. Here it is, 2020, and we're 70. What happened? What Thank happened? goodness. Thank goodness we made it. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. That's a good one. I'll hang on to that one. Um, when do I need to plant crepe myrtles in North Mississippi? Anytime. Now is great. If, if, you, if you find them next month, plant them next month. But this is a great time to do that. Really, really great time. Um, Oh, John, that's beautiful. I love seeing art. Y'all send me such cool stuff. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you very much. Makes my day. Makes my week. In fact, till I can see you again. Um, Mike wants to know how, how far can we cut back? And I think he's saying a big plant. I don't. It depends on the plant. I don't know what. I don't know what I'm looking at. Um. Oh, that was fringe tree. That was a while back. And I don't know what you want to cut back, Mike, but send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com, okay? All right. So we got a new shark, new angel shark is what those are called because of the way they're shaped. Pretty cool. 
if you're ever thinking that we've learned everything, we know everything, and there's nothing else to study, well, two things have struck me this week that go right against that. We uh, have discovered where the sacred groves of cacao trees in the ancient Maya world are. And indeed, the plant comes, of course, was, it, was, it was considered divine in Mayan culture. They were indeed used as money because of their value, currency. The cacao bean production was carefully controlled in the northern Yucatan, and they were only grown in sacred groves. Well, we have now found them. The Journal of Archaeological Science reports, um, they're not going to tell us exactly where they are, until they they put the till they put out the, um, the 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 spaces where they are and have the opportunity to monitor and take care of them and keep other people from tearing them up. It's very cool to know that. The other piece of it, of course, is in, in this particular um, study is that there there are absolutely probably nine thousand more species of trees to be discovered. So I say get busy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So I say, get busy. Oh, Mike wants to prune back um, a, a, a ficus lareta, the, the fiddle leaf fig. Not a really good idea to prune it back. I know they do get huge. And so if you can if you can trim off just the very tips of the branches, you'll be in better shape than any kind of heavy pruning. Um, when to prune plum trees, that would be now. As soon as you can get out, if the weather's good today, do it to it. <laughs> Thank you all so much. This is Weekend Gardening. I hope you'll come back again next week for a lot more gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communications. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. This is Dennis Stevenson, Director of the Motor Carrier Safety Division of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. The Highway Patrol, in conjunction with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, is conducting big rig road checks for safety each month throughout the state for motor vehicles. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our roads and highways safe. Since the program began, we have issued over 15,000 citations to ensure that everyone is safe on the road. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our Mississippi roadways safe. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. 
In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 